Good evening, Stephen. Adam, we're an awful dickhead, you know that. <laughs> it's not Adam, it's Elon Musk. I am here at the spookiest time of year. US elections. <laughs> Shut up, Adam. <laughs> What's the crack? Devil a bit crack, how are you? I'm good, happy Halloween. Um, I don't know, do you say many happy returns to happy Halloween? I don't think so, I don't think that's a thing. Well, many happy returns, I guess, just suggest that you want them to celebrate many more, so I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, but I'm not giving it. Well, fair enough then, Elon. How are you anyway? I'm great. Jesus, there was some amount of fireworks up here. Did you have the same back there? There was a good lot of fireworks, all right. Did you get any trick-or-treaters? No, because it's illegal. I know, yeah, but I was wondering... No, not a one. We did have a fella come into our house a couple of weeks ago asking if he could take the pallet in our front garden, which I thought was kind of funny. The fella I live with wanted to make, like, garden boxes for growing his strawberries, so he uh, he had pallets that he'd, he'd picked up from somewhere, and this kid was like, can I have the pallet, please? Did you give him the pallet just out of a sense of mischief? I didn't give him the pallet because I was so caught off guard by him asking for the pallet that I was just like... Because he said, oh, are you using the pallet? And I said, yeah were using it and looked at him as if I was expecting him to follow up with something and he just kind of went okay and walked off and then I closed the door and I'm feeling like an absolute turd. Mm. Did you have trick-or-treaters there? No, I had no trick-or-treaters. I never get trick-or-treaters. They're all afraid of old man Stephen. I can actually kind of see that. <laughs> and I don't know, there's something about like a single man in his mid-thirties. Y- y- you feel a bit weird going to his house anyway. Not that, like, he'll have any malice in him, just that you you only really trick-or-treat on family's houses. Do you? I don't trick-or-treat, Adam. You never trick-or-treated? Um, I have trick-or-treat when I was small, like, but really didn't take these things into consideration, I don't think. Yeah, maybe you do. What did you dress up as as a child? I imagine you must have had some... Uh, no, I think we were of the vintage where it was just a plastic mask. Yes, yeah, 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 a bin bag, a black bin bag and a plastic mask. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, that was the 90s. That was all the rage. <laughs> that and NSYNC. Plastic bags and NSYNC. The story of a generation. So we've got a we've got a nice Halloween surprise for people coming up in a little bit. But before we get there, we should probably talk about fitness. I got a comment from someone the other day going, so it has been just banter now. And it made me think, yeah, you know what? We should we should check in. Well, I need to get a bit healthy. <laughs> <laughs> How is it going for you? Have you been keeping monitor on like the losses or the the wins at all? That hasn't been. I've been holding my own on the same thing since, and I, you know, I've been making bits of efforts, but I haven't. Since I did the big run, I haven't been diligent on it. Is that a very euphemistic way of saying you've done fuck all? Not fuck all, but like I'm doing a lot of walking rather than running and. I kind of, I am, I have been thinking about it earlier today that I must try and integrate it back into my week. Like, you know, I changed jobs there uh, about a month or more ago. And the thing was, that started getting busy then in the last few weeks. And sort of my focus was very much on that. So I need to sort of try and get that balance back again. 
it sounds to me like you're making many excuses. Elon Musk, we don't need your uh, judgment in here. But he's correct, Stephen. Well, that's it. How's your exercising going? I also seem to have hit a bit of a low point, to be honest. Uh, like, I, I still go out running every day during the week, except if it's piss and rain. And if it is during lunchtime, I'll try and just bring my lunchtime a little bit later so that I can go out and run then. It's getting harder. Like, this weekend, I haven't gone out yet. Which, yeah, we're, we're recording on Sunday. Usually we record on Mondays. Perhaps I'll go out after this and do one of my longer runs. Yeah. But... I don't know, it's it's getting harder. And I, I, I think it's a blend of both mentally it's getting harder and because of the weather, it's, it's getting so much harder to motivate myself to go out. But I, I, I've, hit a, I've hit a barrier and I don't know if I'm putting on weight or whether this is just myself being cooped up and imagining that I am, like putting back on whatever I might have lost over it. But um, I, I'm definitely at the point now where it's, it's, it's more difficult. Your dedication is waning. Yeah, you get that. And I suppose the weather getting worse doesn't help. I mean, the thing is, and it's always the case with me, it's very much, it has to be what I am thinking about. It has to be very much to the fore of my mind. And it is to the five of your Uh, mind. Because I'm like that. I just, you know, I kind of obsess on something and then I'm good on that. And then if I stop obsessing, I don't think of it at all. So we should be talking more about these things than in, in our health and fitness podcast to keep Possibly. it at the front of your mind. Who was bad in our podcast? Ah, uh, just some rambling Spaniard. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's yeah let let's try and 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 give listeners, I guess, more of what we promised them, and by default, give ourselves more of what what we promised ourselves. Incidentally, I spoke a few months ago about a fella who was committing to running the New York Marathon. And he ended up doing his marathon yesterday, admittedly running around in circles in a dare. But he did the marathon, so fair play to him. He did it on a dare? In a dare. Oh, look, he make funny. Ugh, oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, just Elon handed that over to me on like a, a little note he said to do that. He's not very funny, he's South African. Adam, you're an awful dickhead, do you know that? What was the name of this guy? I remember you talking about him. Maybe we should give him a little plug and say congratulations. Uh, David Ryan Rose. And yeah, yes. Uh, fair play to him. I thought it was, I was kind of watching some of his videos and stuff that he was putting up in the run and I felt awful sorry for him. And did you feel a bit emasculated then when he went running in circles a full marathon and you just did half? No, not at all. I felt more <laughs> sensible if anything. How do you feel about that now? Because I was listening back to the episode where you'd just done it. And you said, never again. Yeah, never again. Okay. <laughs> so is your, how do you feel about your your health, not your health, but your your fitness and your, your motivation or, or your wanting to do this now? Has that, is that still something you want to do in terms of like, are those feelings still as strong as they were at the start? Well, like that, it, I want to get my focus back again and... I like that I, I need to do it both by eating better and running because it's not enough to do one or the other. I have to be yeah. all in. So, so the eating has done a slide down. The eating has done a slide down and, and so has the running. So I just need to pick one of them up and then kind of force the other one. I'm not sure which to start with. Probably the eating. Yeah, eating for me has slid a bit now as well. Not in terms of what I'm cooking. What I'm, what I'm cooking is still generally okay, but it's just the snacking. They're having little bits of sweets. 
during work and stuff um, baits me a bit. Mm. I don't do it a huge amount. Maybe every hour or so, I'll just take out a couple of fruit pastilles and place them on the side of my table and say, here's three now, you can have those. But uh, I still, yeah, I, I feel myself slipping. I'm slipping as well, way. but not not quite that badly either. In the sense that I'm still sticking just not as diligently to what I was doing all along. Yeah. You know, like I I, I have a bit of bread in the morning and I, I need to just cut that out because it's not going to do me any good. So do you think your lifestyle now is healthier than, you know, last Halloween? Um, it's almost a Halloween. I don't know. Because I, I can't remember what my lifestyle is like last Halloween. But definitely it's better You've than it was. You've got the amnesia. It's definitely better than it was early in the summer. Okay, well that's good. It's also hard when you're stuck and have nowhere to go at all. I do find walls closing in on me a bit. It It is hard to keep momentum with it. it it's really what I'm finding. And I guess that's the, that's the next big thing for me to, to try and overcome is to... Get the dedication back. I mean, everything is hard to to stay dedicated to right now because, you know, every day is the same. And so nothing goes up. Everything is just relaxing slightly. You know what I mean? It's also hard when you don't have a sort of a proper end goal in the sense that, I mean, running around the park a heap of times to make up 21 kilometers wasn't satisfying. <laughs> yeah. You know, it like if, if it was kind of like, oh, we're going back playing football you know in two weeks and kind of going oh i could you know aim to be a little fitter for that but when you just have a fucking open void you have no goals yeah it's it's hard and creating kind of fake goals isn't you know isn't quite satisfying yeah but that being said i'm kind of eager to try get back at it now i think i i needed my bit of a break i didn't need it to be this long but i needed a bit of a break uh, after doing the 21 kilometers and like I picked up there in August and I did really good August and early September and then late September and October hasn't been great that being said I've been doing well to hold my own I think yeah I mean doing something is more than what you were probably doing this time last year so at least you're you're still on there now but I think I, yeah, I guess both of us need to focus more now and and get back to this idea of co-accountability yeah because I do not want more people complaining at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not like that Spanish dickhead. Not like that Spanish, no. No, no, no. But hey, uh, at least it's nice to know we've got listeners in Spain. Mm? Hello to them. Happy Halloween. Seemingly they have like little nut buns for Halloween. Like testicles. No, like the, their thing is like they make little baked treats for Halloween. Nice. But they also eat grapes on New Year's Eve. They eat 12 grapes on the approach to midnight, which is bizarre. I was in Malaga one year for New Year's and I read about this. So I went to the shop and bought myself a dozen grapes and came out. And like, I thought it was so mad because I was there with my grapes and everyone was eating tinned grapes for... Like, why why would you eat tinned grapes when you're in Spain? I do not understand that. Yeah, no, not great. Weird tradition, just wholesale, very odd. I mean, it was fun. I liked it. Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed your grapes. It was fun to have something different, like. What's the weirdest national custom you've you've come upon? I do think in Sardinia, their Easter parades that they have are kind of a bit funky. Go on. 
just the pageantry of them being that little bit dark and kind of a little bit horrific, I guess. Well, what's what's dark and horrific about them? Well, I mean, they're, I suppose, because they're Easter parades, you know, they're to do with the... Oh, the adult baby Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And aren't there, in Mexico, they actually crucify dudes and they stick the nails into their hands. You have to, like... I think that's in the Philippines, but yeah. Oh, maybe. Jesus, I really hit the fucking geographical nail on the head with that one, didn't I? But yeah, I think that's really weird. Yeah, um, and, and, like, it's an honour in your community to be selected to be the, the crucifix. Yeah. Not cool. Speaking of horrific and awful, we have a surprise for people. Go on. We're pregnant. Hmm. I don't even remember sucking you off. <laughs> I've heard I've heard that's how it happened. I've heard that's how it happens in the jacuzzi. No, we've uh considering it's the spooky season, as as my friend Elon Musk would say, we're going to do something a little bit different in that we're not going to talk about health <laughs> for the rest of the episode. We're going to read a short story, a creepy, spooky short story to keep people in the Halloween spirit a little bit longer. Now, can you tell us what we're gonna what we're gonna read? Going to read The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, Edgar yes. Edgar Allan Poe. The lesser known Teletubby. Do you know anything about Poe? I know he died in mysterious circumstances. He did die in mysterious circumstances. They don't know if it was alcoholism, if it was a disease, if it was anything. They just know he died sometime in October 1849. And no one really... He didn't disappear, but just no one knew what caused it. Uh. A couple of facts about him before we start. He was one of America's earliest practitioners of the short story. He's also generally considered the inventor of what we now know as detective fiction. His detective Dupin featured in stories like Murder in the Rue Morgue, which I would have studied in college. And he also is credited with kind of kickstarting sci-fi as a genre because of the weird stories he wrote. Also, he was the first well-known American writer to earn a living just through writing, which... Sounds impressive, but it ended up in him basically being financially ruined throughout his whole life. So really what that says is he was just one of the first American writers not to bother to have a day job. Mm. But in all, he's he's the grandfather of all things spooky. And that's why we're going to go with a story by him today. And it's it's one of his real classics, The Telltale Heart. Gasman. Gasman, yeah. And if it, just in case anyone hasn't checked it out, Steve did a a different reading by Poe over on the fast book. Uh, he read The Raven, so you should go and check that out too. Mm. We kick it off? Yeah, uh, without further ado, Stephen, go for it. The, the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. True, nervous. Very, very dreadfully nervous I had been and am. But why will you say that I am mad? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken and observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to tell how first the idea entered my brain. Once conceived, it haunted me day and night. Object there was none. Passion there was none. I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. For his gold I had no desire, 
I think it was his eye. Yes, it was this. One of his eyes resembled that of a vulture, a pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold, and so by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man, and thus rid myself of the eye forever. Now this is the point. You fancy me mad. Madmen know nothing. But you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I proceeded, with what caution, with what foresight, with what dissimulation I went to work. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. And every night, about midnight, I turned the latch of the door and opened it oh so gently. And then, when I had made an opening sufficient for my head, I put in a dark lantern, all closed, closed, so that no light shone out. And then I thrust in my head. Oh, you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head within the opening, so far that I could see him as he lay upon the bed. <laughs> Would a madman have been so wise as this? And then, when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously, oh, so cautiously, cautiously, for the hinges creaked. I undid it just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye. And this I did for seven long nights, every night just at midnight. But I found the eye always closed, and so it was impossible to do the work. For it was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning, when the day broke, I went boldly into the chamber, and spoke courageously to him calling him by name in the hearty tone, and inquiring how he had passed the night. So, you see, he would have been a very profound old man, indeed, to suspect that every night just at twelve I looked in upon him while he slept. So we've got ourselves a bit of a, a creeper here. Mm. He's a... Uh, yes, man. Really pu pushing this, this sane point, but uh, essentially he's creeping into this old man's room every evening and and just give him a little peep give him a little peep little peep okay I'm going to pick it up from here upon the eighth night I was more than usually cautious in opening the door a watch's minute hand moves more quickly than mine did never before that night had I felt the extent of my own powers of my sagacity I could scarcely contain the feelings of my triumph to think that there I was, opening the door little by little, and he did not even dream of my secret deeds or thoughts. I fairly chuckled at the idea, and perhaps he heard me, for he moved on the bed suddenly, as if startled. Now you may think that I drew back, but no. His room was as black as pitch with the thick darkness, for the shutters were close fastened through fear of robbers, and so I knew that he could not see the opening of the door. I kept pushing on it steadily, steadily. I had my head in, and I was about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped upon the tin fastening, and the old man sprang up in bed, crying out, Who's there? I kept quite still and said nothing. For a whole hour I did not move a muscle, and in the meantime I did not hear him lie down. He was still sitting up in the bed listening, just as I have done, night after night, hearkening to the death watches in the wall. That last bit there, he, uh, there's some... 
there's some creeper in him really what what, what what's going on <laughs> is he just sitting in bed having hallucinations of stuff in the walls this dude is not right <laughs> he not well <laughs> you not you wouldn't be well presently i heard a slight groan and i knew it was the groan of mortal terror it was not a groan of pain or grief oh no it was the low stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe i knew the sound well Many a night just at midnight, when all the world slept, it was welled up from my own bosom, deepening with its dreadful echoes. The terror that distracted me. I say I knew it well. I knew what the old man felt and pitied him, although I chuckled at heart. I knew that he had been lying awake ever since the first slight noise, when he had turned in the bed. His fears had been ever since growing upon him. He had been trying to fancy them causeless, but it could not. He had been saying to himself, It is nothing but the wind in the chimney, it is only a mouse crossing the floor, or it is merely a cricket which has made a single chirp. Yes, he had been trying to comfort himself with these suppositions, but he had found all in vain, all in vain because death, in approaching him, had stalked with his black shadow before him, and enveloped the victim. And it was the mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel, although he neither saw nor heard, to feel the presence of my head within the room. When I had waited a long time very patiently without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, a very, very little crevice in the lantern. So I opened it, you cannot imagine how stealthily, stealthily, until at length a single dim ray, like the thread of the spider, shot out from the crevice and full upon the vulture eye. It was open wide, wide open, and I grew furious as I gazed upon it. I saw it with perfect distinctness, all a dull blue, with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very marrow of my bones. But I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person, for I had directed the ray, as if by instinct, precisely upon the damned spot. Do you think this guy is like his dad? No, just a, just a lad. A Jack the Lad. Do he's just living with some old man that he hates? Yeah, I think, like, I think he was maybe a lodger or a sort of, um, maybe... Somebody who was sent to live with somebody for an inheritance, maybe. Because that was a thing of that time. Oh, really? That's, that's kind of what I thought. Well, Jesus, if, if that's the case, then he's certainly going the right way about it. Do you think he's going to go through with it? Yeah. Well, let's find out. And now, have I not told you what you mistake for madness is but over-acuteness of the senses? Now, I say... There came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that sound well too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. It increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier to courage. And even yet, I refrained and kept still. I scarcely breathed. I held upon the lantern motionless. I tried how steadily I could to maintain the ray upon my eye. Meantime, the hellish tattoo of the heart increased grew quicker and quicker and louder and louder every instant. The old man's terror must have been extreme. It grew, I say, louder every moment. Do you mark me well? I have told you that I am nervous, and so I am. And now, 
at the dead hour of night amid the dreadful silence of that old house so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror yet for some minutes longer i refrained and stood still but the beating grew louder louder i thought the heart might burst and now a new anxiety seized me the sound would be heard by a neighbour the old man's hour had come with a loud yell i threw open the lantern and leapt into the room he shrieked once once only in an instant i dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him i then smiled gaily to find the deed so far done but for many minutes the heart beat on with a muffled sound this however did not vex me it would not be heard through the wall at length it ceased the old man was dead I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yes, he was stone, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there for many minutes. There was no pulsation. He was stone dead. The eye would trouble me no more. Busy smiling gaily. Yeah, has anything ever bothered you so much about a roommate or someone you lived with that you just thought, okay, I just need to do them in? Do them in and smile gaily. This guy is a real jerk. A real jerk. Okay. If still you think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. The night waned, and I worked hastily, but in silence. First of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and the arms and the legs. I then took up three planks from the flooring in the chamber, and deposited all between the scantlings. I then replaced the boards, so cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. There was nothing to wash out, no stain of any kind, no blood spot, whatever. I had been too wary for that. A tub had caught all. (laughs) When I had made an end of these labours, it was four o'clock, still dark as midnight. As the bell sounded the hour, there came a knocking at the street door. I went down to open it with a light heart, for what had I now to fear? There entered three men who introduced themselves with perfect suavity as officers of the police. A shriek had been heard by a neighbour during the night. Suspicion of foul play had been aroused. Information had been lodged at the police office and they, the officers, had been deputed to search the premises. I smiled for what had I to fear. I bade the gentlemen welcome. The shriek, I said, was my own in a dream. The old man I mentioned was absent in the country. I took my visitors all over the house. I bade them search and search well. I led them at length to his chamber. I showed them his treasures, secure, undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I brought chairs into the room and desired them here to rest from their fatigues, while I myself, in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. So he's gone through with it? He done it? Yeah, it, um... Bowled cheek of him. Did, who snitch? Snitches get stitches. Who just decided I'm going to call the popo over a scream in the middle of the night? I don't know. I'd be raging after all my planet that this happened. Uh, well, he was kind of, he was, he was cool about it. There was something very dexter about him putting the body, uh, he put in the chair above where he put the body. But also, if you killed a dude, and I'm not trying to like blow up your whole spot if you decide to kill someone in the next 10 years, who buries the body in the house? 
I know it'd be a bit smelly in there. Yeah, like that's that's gonna blow up your whole spot like like straight away. Yeah, yeah, too smelly. Yeah. Go on anyway, finish us out. Let's round this off. The officers were satisfied. My manner had convinced them I was singularly at ease. They sat, and while I answered cheerily, they chatted familiar things. But ere long, I felt myself getting pale and wished them gone. My head ached and I fancied a ringing in my ears, but they still sat and chatted. The ringing became more distinct. It continued and became more distinct. I talked freely to get rid of the feeling, but it continued and gained definiteness until at length I found that noise was not within my ears. No doubt I grew very pale, but I talked more fluently and with a heightened voice. Yet the sound increased, and what could I do? It was a low, dull, quick sound, much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I gasped for breath and yet the officers heard it not. I talked more quickly, more vehemently, but the noise steadily increased. Why would they not be gone? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides as if excited to fury by the observation of the men. But the noise steadily increased. My God, what could I do? I roamed, I raved, I swore, I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting and grated it upon the boards. But the noise arose above all and continually increased. It grew louder, 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 and the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they heard it not? Almighty God, no, no, they heard, they suspected, they knew. They were thinking of a mockery of my horror. This, I thought, and this, I think. But anything was better than this agony. Anything more tolerable than this derision. I could bear these hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt that I must scream or die. And now again, hark, louder, louder, louder. Villains, I shrieked. Dissemble no more. I admit the deed. Tear up the planks. Here, here, here is the beating of his hideous heart. Oh, he done it all right. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah, and he <laughs> he snitched himself out real good. Yeah, quite a wally. What a unstable gentleman. Mm. But there we are. That's the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. What are your thoughts? I really enjoyed it, actually. I hadn't read it before. I didn't realise it was as short as it was as well. Very short, very manageable. I hope people enjoyed it. And it really, uh, it, it, it's such a introverted thing uh, nobody really speaks except for him in the whole piece mm. it's uh it's it, it's a good study in just psychosis mm. yeah no there is a bit, you can see how it might have influenced psycho oh definitely yeah there's nothing very norman bates about it uh, how um how intense and how paranoid it is yeah no i really enjoyed it yeah absolutely me too i, I hope everyone listening enjoyed it too and God forbid if we're still in this horrible lockdown world next year, maybe we'll pick something different. Yeah. Come here, I'm going to leave you off, Adam, because I'm going to watch Tippin' Limerick. Happy Halloween, Stephen. Adam, we're an awful dickhead, you know that. Good luck, Adam. <laughs> Take care.